Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I'm Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry, before he travels. So we, we can't play another edition of Where in the World is Kevin Henry? Because he's not traveling today. He will be tomorrow, but not today. Kevin, how are you? You know, I'm good. I'm sitting outside. It's a beautiful day in northern Colorado. So uh, I'm taking advantage of this. So if you hear the random dog barking or uh, bird chirping, you know what? It's a great day here in Colorado, so I'm going to sit outside and do this. Why not? Well, and naturally, it's 70 degrees in Colorado, and it's snowing in 28 here and in Ohio. And of course, Ohio is very much like Colorado in weather in that on Wednesday, it's supposed to be 70 degrees. So why, why not a 50 degree increase? Why not flip it, right? Yeah. No, no <laughs> you just said an interesting number, my friend. You just said the number 70. That is true. I think let's talk about the number 70 for just a minute. Can we do that? Would that be all right with you? Absolutely. Because as you know, and obviously we know by reading our friend Kevin Larson's article on rockspile.com, Saber Skeptic on Twitter, the Rockies right now, if you go to win bet, they're over under on wins for the 2022 season sits at 70. Noah, right. in my mind, I think that's easy money. I think that is a bet that the Rockies will will get past easily. What about you? I think that will be a very safe bet. Now, of course, I, now now that I say that because I'm a bad person, um, that is the Rockies are going to win 69 games, and that will not be very nice. Um, so once that happens, you can blame me. Um, but uh, last year, the Rockies over under was something like 64 and a half or something like that, which we, we both thought was a bit too low because the starting pitching. And I, I think that's the case with the Rockies now. Their, their strength, and, and, that, and that's, that's something we can also get into as well, is their strength is really their weakness. They're starting pitching. Yeah, their strength and okay, if they're healthy, then you can uh, you can very easily bet that they will win more than seventy games. But if the rotation is injured, you don't have a rotation because you have no depth. Right. Yeah, and, and but I think that this is a. And I had a discussion with a friend of mine yesterday, actually, about is this a better lineup this year than it was last year for the Rockies? And and my take was, I think it's a better lineup this year. I think with Chris Bryant and Grichuk in there instead of uh, Story and Tapia, 
yes, I do think it's a better lineup if I was going to swap two for two. So, again, if pitching holds up and if they aren't hit by a rash of injuries, which you never know, but I still think 70 is a real safe play for those Colorado Rockies. And then here's the interesting thing, Noah. Again, thanks to our friends at WinBet, of course, for for supplying some of these numbers. Your Arizona Diamondbacks are sitting at 66. Yeah. So the Rockies, in their mind, are only four games better than the Diamondbacks this year. I don't see that. I see there's a wider gap in there, personally. Um, I think there's a wider gap, but I would also have the... Um, I would also take the over on that for the Diamondbacks, personally. Um, I think part of it is the Giants are not going to be anywhere near as good. I mean, let's say they're an 87 win... or. Yeah, if they're an 87-win team, that's still a huge drop-off. That's a 20-game drop-off right there. The Diamondbacks are not going to win 52 games again. So the Padres, who knows what they're going to do. But the Dodgers, are they going to win 106 again? I'm going to go out on a limb and say they aren't. Because... They've lost. Yeah, Granted, they've they've added uh, Freeman, but Muncy, we still don't know with him on his uh, health status. And then you look at their pitching staff. Bueller is good. Kershaw's not getting any younger, though. He's 34. Julio Arias, he won 20 games last year. Your fourth starter is Andrew Heaney. That's a problem. Your fifth starter is Tony Gonsolin, who, for whatever reason, cannot. Uh, they the the Dodgers either don't want to push him hard enough, or he's been injured. Where he's spent parts of three seasons in the majors, and he's never pitched more than fifty-five innings, despite making twenty-seven starts total in that period. He's had thirty-five appearances, twenty-seven starts in the majors, and he has one hundred and forty-two innings pitched. So they he's he's not going to be a six, seven inning guy. You look at their bullpen. Now, granted, it's the Dodgers, and they always they always seem to find somebody who's like, who is that? Oh, well, I don't know who his name is, but he has a 150 ERA and he's appeared in half their games because of course it's the Dodgers. Um, but I mean you have Blake Trinan taking over for them as closer. You do have Daniel Hudson. Outside of Heaney, Hudson, and Freeman, their only other offseason addition is Tyler Anderson, of course, the former Rocky. And he could be a factor in the rotation as well. But is that outside of the top three? For example, if you look four through six, would you take Heaney, Gonsolin, and Anderson over Gomber, Cool, and pick one of Rollison or Lambert? When Rollison and Lambert are healthy, I think that's actually a pretty close comparison. And the Dodgers are a team that's supposed to win over 100-plus games. The Rockies are not going to be at that level. Okay, so... If the Dodgers are supposed to win over 100 games, 
than if I told you that their over under was at 97 and a half right now on win bet, what would you take? I would probably take the under slightly. I okay. still expect them to be a high 90 win team, a mid to high 90s, but okay. uh, I think that's that's a pretty good number for them. All right. So here's the one that surprised me a little bit. And I, I get the reasoning behind it, but the Giants over under at 86. Now, you detailed a little bit about the Buster Posey loss. Chris Bryant is no longer there. Obviously, he's in Colorado. But that's quite a fall from last season uh, and, and the wins that they totaled up. I think that's a pretty good number for them. Because first off, you look at their bullpen. Uh, Camilio Duval, uh, Duval is your closer. Jake McGee is Jake McGee and Tyler Rogers are your two setup men. Rogers, I think uh, R- Rogers will be good, but Jake McGee, as Rockies fans know, is not the most consistent pitcher. Um, rotation, they lost Gosman as well. They replaced him with Carlos Rodon and Alex Cobb, both of which have had injury issues and both of which are not as good as Gosman, or at least as he was in 2021. And who knows if Logan Webb is the same. I mean, Logan Webb had a really good year last year, but he'd never made more than 11 starts at the major league level. So is he the same? The offense, they all they did, they, they got rid of Posey, and the, essentially his bat in the lineup, was replaced by Jack Peterson, which that's a significant downgrade. Yeah, so they're not going to be as good of a team. Okay. Now, crystal ball this one. So we said the Giants over-under was at 86. The only team we haven't talked about so far in the National League West are those dastardly San Diego Padres. The brown and gold, as we like to say. Or the, or the mustard and chocolate, that, <laughs> as that I've heard it called. That's one way to put it. Too. <laughs> All right, San Diego Padres, 86 and a half is your over and under. So technically finishing second in the division ahead of those giants. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I I think I would do the same exact thing. I think that uh, even though Bob Melvin's leading the team now, there's still a lot of question marks about that team, especially with Tatis uh, injured to start the season. Let me tell you this. Look at, well, Going into the offseason, you look at the projections of where the free agents would sign. Almost everybody said the Padres would get at least one of Schwarber, Castellanos, or Nelson Cruz. They got none of them. This is their lineup without Tatis. Trent Grisham leading off in center field. Manny Machado hits second, playing third. Jake Cronenworth hits third at second. Luke Voigt is their DH. Eric Cosmart at first hits fifth. Will Myers in right field hits sixth. Austin Nola catches and hits seventh. Left fielders jerks and Profar, he hits eighth. And Ha Sung Kim hits ninth and plays shortstop. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Rockies actually have a better offense than that. You know, uh, it's funny. As you were reading that, that was the thought that was going into my head as well. So... Will Myers is not going to be playing the Rockies for 162 games a year. He's going to play them 19 games. 
he can't hit against any other team besides the Rockies. Apparently <laughs> it's, it seems like it. <laughs> well, so, and, and, you know, this morning you and I were, we texting a little bit about uh, Matt Beatty being picked up by the, yeah. uh, by the Padres uh, from the Dodgers. And I think it was um, one of the MLB.com guys who talked about that he and Hosmer basically are identical as far as their projections for this yeah. year. So basically the Padres got themselves another Eric Hosmer with, you know, cheaper, but still, yeah. I thought that was interesting. And Hosmer, it's uh, Rockies fans know a ground ball machine in former outfielder Rymel Tapia. The number two guy in the last three years, and I believe he was the number two guy in 2021 overall in ground ball rate, was Eric Hosmer. He's not a very good hitter. And I, in fact, this could possibly go down a road that we didn't expect to go, but on MLB network, former Rockies TV reporter, Alana Rizzo um, decided to pontificate on Eric Cosmer when mad dog Russo, who of course, you know, he's not one to mince words. He essentially said, yeah, I, I haven't good, heard good stuff on Hosmer from Padres fans because he's not a very good hitter. And you look at his numbers and, considering he's making a boatload. Yeah. He's eight years, 144 million. And he's not a very good hitter. Um, but she was saying, well, uh, the, the Royals won the one to one in the world series without him. That was seven years ago. Now, seven years ago, right? He yeah. was 25. He's 32 now. So pipe down. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think it's no different than the whole uh, St. Louis Pujol signing. You know, I mean, yeah. they're bringing back a guy basically to say goodbye to him. Now, what do you expect from that offense? Because he's not the guy he was a decade ago, last time he suited up for the Cardinals. Yeah. And he admitted in the press conference, which he had, as we're recording this about an hour and a half ago, and he said, This is going to be my final year. Um, Adam Wainwright has hinted that it might be his final year. Yadier Molina has said it will be his final year. So that's that's going to be a storyline in the season of you could have potentially three Hall of Famers retiring off the Cardinals the, uh, after this season. Pujols is an obvious Hall of Famer. Yadier Molina, I've... I'm not as high on him as other people are. Yeah. Defensively, I, he was very good. Offensively, he's a triple-A hitter. Um, I still think he's going to get enough love, though, to get in. I really do. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if you look at the, if, if you look at the metrics, for example, by war, he, he falls well short. I mean... Right now, do you think Jason Kendall is a Hall of Famer? I don't, but had Jason Kendall spent his whole career with the Cardinals, maybe. How that's that? the thing. Where, and that's the same thing with Rainwright. Is he a Hall of Famer? In my opinion, probably not. But he spent his entire career with the Cardinals. At least major league career. So... And I mean, especially 2015 to 2019, he was injured and he didn't pitch well. And though in those seasons, he had a 444 ERA. 
He averaged only 20 starts per year in that span. And he had a 93 ERA plus. Now he was really good in 2021, but he's really only had a few really good years. So, so yeah, that's the thing of like, if he's not a Cardinal for his whole career, and the same thing with Molina, is he all a famer? I would say no, but that's me. Well, let's take a Hall of Fame break here, and uh, we will come back after the break, talk a little bit about what to expect maybe from the Rockies in 2022, as well as dive a little bit more into the National League West here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And we are back, Kevin Henry, alongside Noah Yingling, the co-experts at rockspile.com here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Noah, one thing that, uh, you know, I don't think we've really talked a lot about has been obviously the schedule and what's going on. Here's the wind picks up a little bit here in Northern Colorado. Uh, But with the schedule and what that does for the Rockies, because they're going to have a lot of the start of the season at home. Uh, They're obviously going to get their taste of the Dodgers, but they're not going to have the tough start to the season that they originally would. The the end is going to be much tougher now, but still don't forget in the original schedule, they were opening up in LA and then going to San Diego before coming home for their home opener. Now you've wiped out that first California trip. You're blending that back in later in the season, but still I think opening up at home with the Dodgers and then going to Texas is a much better opener for them than, than the way it was originally scheduled. And in fact, especially when you look at their schedule, that's part of what honestly makes me think the Rockies could be buyers at the trade deadline in 2022 because they, in theory, should play better at home, one. And two, the opponents that they have are not as good. They've, uh, they've, they face the Dodgers at home to start out. Then they two against Texas in Texas. Then four against the Cubs, who are not a great team. Three against the Phillies, who are a better team, but it's not like they're... It's not like they're the the best team in the National League. They aren't. They aren't the Dodgers. Um, three against the Tigers, four against the Phillies in Philadelphia, three against the Reds, three against the Nationals. Then D-backs, Giants, Royals, Giants, Mets, Pirates, Nationals, Marlins, Braves, Giants, Padres, Guardians, Padres, Marlins, Twins. You don't face the Dodgers again until the final week of June. Yeah. And and I think that that's something that, that isn't talked about a lot. I mean, granted, you know, we talked about the Padres may be better. The Giants may be worse, all of this stuff. The one constant in the whole division is going to be the Dodgers. They're going to be good. And if you don't have to face them very much at all until, as you said, the end of June, now certainly you're going to see them a heck of a lot from there and on out. Yeah, but still, what does that look like in that stretch? And I agree with you completely. That's leading up to a very interesting uh, all-star break at Dodger Stadium, by the way, as well as the trade deadline, what that could look like. And that's a thing for the Rockies. July will be a huge month. You heard me read off that schedule through June. In the month of July, you start off easy with the Diamondbacks. But then you have three at Dodger Stadium, four in Arizona, 
four against the Padres at Coors, three against the Pirates at Coors, all-star break. Listen to the schedule then after this. Four against the Brewers in Milwaukee, two against the White Sox at Coors, four against the Padres at Coors, ending the month of July. So, and then, and then even after that, they have a five game series in San Diego to start the month of San Diego, uh, month of San Diego, month of August. Huh? Um, so yeah, that will be a tough stretch for the Rockies there. And especially leading up to the trade deadline, if they are a 500 team, they're probably buyers. They are. And, and I think we may not know that until July, because as you said, that schedule is going to determine, I think, in that one month, whether they're going to be buyers or whether they're going to stand pat or whether they could actually be sellers. I can't imagine that personally right now, but it's possible. Yeah, the only way entering the month of July that they would have essentially, or even entering the All-Star break, which the All-Star game is on the 19th this year, so a little bit later than usual. Um, the only way that the Rockies would really kind of have decided by the all-star break of, Hey, we're going to be buyers is if they just start out really, really well. Now they could, we just read the competition and it's not, it's not in the world's best competition there, but I mean, we've seen how the Rockies the past few years have not started out well. And as the old adage goes, you can win. You can't. You can't win a pennant in April, but you sure can lose it. Yep. And and you pointed out that Phillies, Tigers, Phillies stretch. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that that's going to be a really interesting one for the for the Rocks. I mean, I know they play the Cubs right before that Phillies, uh, but the Phillies will be wrapping up the homestand. You know, in theory. If you look on paper, the Phillies should be one of those teams that's going to compete with Colorado for a postseason spot. Yeah. So turning those games against them both home and on the road, and also including in there a, a Tigers team that should be better in the American League Central as well, uh, I think that that little stretch right there is one that Rockies fans should watch to say, okay, is this team, uh, can they compete against those teams that maybe – line up kind of with them in the power rankings or in the postseason rankings. Yeah. I think that at least before the all-star break, that road trip, and then the first road trip in June, three games at San Francisco, four games in three days at San Diego, of course, four games in three days because of the lockout, they had to push the schedule back and they got rid of a week of games and then they added three days out of the end of the season. So they had to schedule in some double headers and the Rockies have two double headers against the Padres. As we mentioned, the other one being the first week of August where first through the fourth, they have five games against the Padres. Yeah. And these are not the baby double headers either. These are going to be your full strength nine inning double headers this year. Yeah. So, you know, and, and at that point, you know, another thing to consider is what if they had actually played these double headers when those expanded rosters had happened? Yeah. What a difference that that could make, but obviously they'll be back to 26 man by the time that the double headers really kick in. Well, and they will have the expanded roster for the double header of 27 players, but 
they had a doubleheader with the 28 man rosters, they would have a 29 man roster for it. Yeah. Think about that. That would be interesting. And, and uh, you know what? We should look, cause I'm sure there's a doubleheader in April for somebody, some team. And I guess they would have a 29 man roster. I didn't even think about that till you just said that. That would be interesting. Yeah. That's at least in theory, they should. They should. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I know they, they listed the, um, uh, they listed the double headers. I'll have to see if I can find it, but, um, but yeah, that would be, yeah, that'd be well, interesting if that were to happen, but for, for the Rockies, it will not be happening. And as we alluded to, or alluded to just a minute ago, obviously the end of the schedule gets a lot tougher because you've got six in Dodger stadium to end the season. Yeah. That. That is a tall order if the Rockies are actually battling with a Phillies or, uh, you know, so, some other team in there. How that ends for them, uh, there's a lot of ways that Rockies fans could have drawn at the end of the season. That probably wouldn't have been it, let's be honest. Well, and I mean, even in general, you look August, if you, if you look August on, San Diego, Diamondbacks, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, Cardinals, Giants, Rangers, Mets, Braves going into September. One final game with the Braves. Cincinnati Redlegs are not going to be a great team. But after that, you have Brewers, Diamondbacks, White Sox, Cubs. White Sox should be good. Cubs won't be. Um, Giants, Padres, Giants, Dodgers. That right there. Giants, Padres, Giants, Dodgers is... Yep. Got to make or break their season. Yeah, and and I don't have the schedule up in front of me, but remind me because I think the Giants and Dodgers in the year are both on the road, right? And then the, the Padres series is the last one at home. Correct. And you mentioned that White Sox-Cubs back-to-back. Uh, the, the Rocks are just staying in Chicago for a few days. Uh, I yep. think they actually have a day off in between in the between. White Sox and the Cubs, right. which will be interesting. Yeah. And by the way, to answer your question on the doubleheaders, there are no doubleheaders in the month of April for any team. There you go. That's probably exactly why they didn't do that and why we hadn't heard about a 29-man roster right there. And if you think about it, it it is a good idea not to have it because if they're considering, okay, it's going to be too tough on the pitchers already and we aren't sure if they're going to be ready, let's let's make it two games. Um, Yeah, obviously that would not be conducive, which uh, one thing I do have to – I'm looking at the list of – quote unquote game ones and quote unquote game twos they they aren't in the correct order on some of them for example i don't think game one would be played at 6 40 p.m between the pirates and reds and game two would be played at 12 35 p.m i, th- I think that'd be flipped but you would think so unless i have some cool space time continuum uh, there. yeah yeah and that's um, in fact i have not done a rant in a while i this will be a quick rant why in the hell are there split double headers Every single one of these double headers, besides like three of them, are split double headers. I mean, I, I don't get it. What is the point of split double headers? It is the dumbest idea other than, oh, well, we can get more ticket sales. No. Like, okay, if, if you have a game at 12.35 p.m. in Cincinnati, and then you have a 6.40 game, you're talking about players being at the stadium for 15 hours that day. That's a bunch of bull. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And, 
And it absolutely is. And, and you know, as well as I do, the owners are going to try to do everything that they can to make up some of those revenues. I mean, uh, that makes perfect sense. You know, they're going to try to sell you double tickets. I, I remember, uh, I think it was uh, our friend Dave at Call of the Pen wrote about how the Red Sox were doing that and making sure that people knew that they were going to have to need two tickets for a doubleheader. Yeah. And some of these are just flat out hilarious on the times because they, they haven't scheduled a time yet for it. So they just list it as 12 a.m. It's sometime that day. It might be played at midnight, but. <laughs> just, just show up. Just show up. We may be playing. We may let you in. You know, it's, yeah. it's interesting for sure. But yeah, like the Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, twelve thirty-five and six forty, or four o'clock and nine forty. It's and uh, these are Eastern time. I'm like, really? Come on, people. Well, there's a there's a pair of games that aren't going to draw many people, regardless. Let's be perfectly honest here. Oh yeah, I mean, with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I mean, who the hell's going to that? Right. Oh boy. Yeah, hopefully that's a you know kids science day or something where they're going to have some <laughs> people there. Maybe. Maybe, uh, of course, since you're talking about Dave, maybe Rex Hudler can go to that um, Royals broadcaster because, you know, um, the moon's a planet. So maybe he can learn the moon's not a planet there. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah the things that you learn sometimes, it's amazing, isn't it? I tell you. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I think that it's going to be a really interesting start to the year. Uh, I think that how they get out of the gate in April, as you said, will determine what this team's going to do the rest of the year. And if they do stumble out of the gate or if they encounter some early injuries or the if the season bull, is cooked, it is, I, I agree with you. I think they, you know, as grandpa, you say, make hay while the sun shines. Well, this is your chance. Do it early in the season whenever you're playing those teams, uh, because you know that those California trips and trips to Chavez Ravine and lots of Dodgers are coming up starting in July. Now, with that saying, tell me that you grew up in Oklahoma in the 70s without telling me you grew up in Oklahoma. Exactly. In I'm telling you, the things <laughs> that I remember, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I drop little colloquialisms all the time uh, from uh, that era. Trust me on that one. And everybody's probably going, what are you talking about? Uh, let's talk just for a minute here about how the 28-man is going to impact AAA. Uh, this is something that I was having a talk uh, with a buddy of mine yesterday about uh, is that obviously you could have some guys called up on that 28 man roster. They may not, they may get some time. They may not start the year, but they could be there in theory a month and not get a lot of playing time and then go back to AAA when the rosters are reduced on May 1st. And all of a sudden they're thrown right into the mix and get all their at bats starting then. Yeah. Well, and that's that's one of the things that I was thinking about when I had the article about um, the Rockies bullpen, because, in fact, it was it was the day that the article published. There were rumors that Ryan Rollison might be in the bullpen and like bull. That's a that's a crock. Why? Why would you? And we said this, I believe, on the last podcast. Why would you put Ryan Rollison in the bullpen to appear? two days a week and throw a total of probably five innings at, at most when you could be starting him in Albuquerque. And sure enough, just a few days ago, they optioned him to the minors, which yep. was not surprising at all. No, no. I think when Chad cool was signed, that was the, here's our fifth starter. I mean, that was, that was pretty easy and, and put to rest. They're not going to have to rush Peter Lambert back. They're not going to have to rush Brian Wallison into the majors 
Give them some seasoning, as our friend Thomas uh, Harding likes to say. Give them some chances. But will they really get those chances the first month of the year, or is Ryan Rawlson going to be sitting there as a, a long relief guy, as a sixth starter, which Bud never likes to do? But, you know, uh, I'll be curious to see what happens to a Ryan Rawlson. Or what well, and, uh, considering he's been option, I mean, he should be a starter in. Tri- uh, he he will be in AAA, but yeah. um, unless they aren't, they don't want to stretch him out enough, um, yeah. and they're concerned about him being injured, then then he would be in the bullpen. But I mean, as you said, with Cool, I mean, that kind of put to rest the. I uh, think so. Yeah. And the, as the whole- as we both know, and Rockies fans probably know by now, uh, Bud Black is not to be. Uh, Bud Black does not like to be pigeonholed into different things. So with, with cool, he did not say, Oh, he's our fifth starter, but I mean, no. you, you can add two and two. He did not say Alex Colome would be the closer. So who knows if he had a 15 ERA in the spring and Carlos Estevez threw eight shutout innings. Okay. It's probably going to go to Carlos Estevez, but yep. all things being equal, Alex Colome is your closer. Absolutely. I, I think there are things that you and I and, and most Rockies fans can look at and go, yeah, this will be the case, even if they don't officially anoint it, you know, uh, absolutely. Uh, and I and I think Bud is a lot more confident having a Chad Cool, the veteran, as your fifth starter than a Feltner, a Lambert, a Rolleston, you know, to start the season. I, I, to be quite honest, I think I, even for the long relief role, that's kind of what my thinking was is, okay, Ty Block hasn't pitched in the majors in a while, but he has two years of service time. Rollison doesn't. Okay, so he, he, he automatically he has the upper hand. Sure enough, he's got the upper hand. And I know you've got an article on our site. Uh, you know, I took a first stab at the opening day lineup. Uh, it included Ramel Tapia. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So you took and a revised version of that uh, with uh, the new center fielder now from the Blue Jays, uh, Grichuk, in the mix. And I'll be real curious to see. Obviously, it depends on uh, – I have the Dodgers officially named Bueller as their starter? For yes, opening? Okay. All right. So then you've got a righty coming out uh, as opposed to last year. Uh, when with Kershaw. Yep. Sam Hilliard doesn't hit righties well. He doesn't. And that's exactly where I was going to go because, you know, my favorite thing about last year is that Ryan McMahon was not an opening day starter, yeah. uh, you know, because Kershaw was on the mound. And so. noted, noted Blue Jays legend now, Joshua Fuentes, um, he he made the start. And Kevin, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I, I think I just found this out today. Um, he He's the cousin of Nolan Arenado. He, that's that's what we hear, but although he's in the American League now and playing in a different country, that may be different. We'll see. I don't know if okay. that changes. Yeah, we'll have to see what the Canadian law exactly. if he's still cousins or not. I, I think he's like an, uh, uh, either an inflated cousin or doesn't have as much value now, depending on what side or, of the country. Who knows? He may be a brother. It may be. That's true. That, with the currency. But I, I think that it's going to be really interesting. If you, So Bueller's going to be your starter. So how do the Rockies do that? And as you mentioned, Hilliard has not had the best of luck against righties. So does that give uh, a Connor Joe a shot at a DH? I I think it's possible. Which I I do have to say, as we wrap up here, looking the last two years, the starting lineups, and I say the last two years, because in 2020, there was the universal DH. 
Um, in 2021, it was defensively Diaz catching, Crone at first. So those two should be the same. Chris Owings was at second base. That's not going to repeat. Right. Fuentes was at third. That is not going to repeat. Shortstop was Trevor Story. That will not repeat. Left field was Rymel Tapia. That will not repeat. Center fielder was Garrett Hampson. That that's up in the air. Right fielder was Charlie Blackman, which he'll be in the starting lineup, but he might not be in right field. And then Herman Marquez. So at least starting in the same positions, you could have just three players, Marquez, Crone, and Diaz. Yep. 2020. Do you remember who started the season as their opening day DH? Uh, was that camp? Negative. It was not. That was Rymel Tapia. Tapia is your DH. How about that? The out, well, the, overall, the team was Walters catching. That's not happening again. Murphy at first. Obviously, he retired. McMahon at second. Arenado at third. Story at short. Hilliard in left. Dahl in center. Blackman in right. Marquez on the mound. Yep. Yeah, that was the uh, not so much of a slugfest in Texas to open the season. In yep. Remember that very well. Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, you can go to rockspell.com. You can check out Noah's prediction of what the opening day lineup is going to look like. Uh, there are some new faces and some definite uh, interesting possibilities uh, that Bud Black can use at start season. Yeah, and we uh, we will have plenty of content on Call of the Pen as we have had this month. And we also have had a lot of content on Rockspile as well especially after the lockout because it's it's amazing how much you can write about Kevin when you know there's actually stuff happening it's amazing yep we're Um, gonna have lots of preview stuff uh, on both sides no doubt about it so yeah in the month of March here we are going to have over 100 articles yeah so that that is at least three articles a day on average that we will have uh, uh, in the month of March you know, we mentioned Kevin earlier, uh, Kevin Larson. Uh, we, we appreciate all of our contributors, obviously, who lend their voices to the site. Uh, and uh, obviously, you know, if that's something that you'd like to do, hey, uh, you can apply on rockspile.com to be a contributor for our site. We would love to have your expertise. Yep. And you can do it as little as uh, you can write as little as once a month or you can write as much as you want. Exactly. How about that? So, Noah, I know this will be our next to last podcast before opening day. So, uh, kind of cool. Looking forward to seeing what happens. And I have a feeling we'll, have, we'll know a lot more about what that 28-man roster is going to look like the next time that you and I chat. Hopefully we will. But, again, Bud Black, he's, he's one that keeps his uh, moves close to the vest. So, we might find out on opening day, oh, here, here's five guys you didn't expect. <laughs> There's an article right there. Get five guys you didn't expect to be on the opening day roster. There well, you we go. saw it last year. Alicia seen night before. Yeah. Oh, let's sign him. And he's a long guy. Surprise. Uh, all right. Well, lots of good stuff to keep up with on rockspile.com as well as call of the pen.com. And we are counting down the days to opening day. Beautiful day here in Northern Colorado. Let's get out there and play right now. As far as I'm concerned. In fact, Before let's play two. Let's do. Why not? Not here in Ohio, though. You no. Keep them out in Colorado, at least for today. 
play here. <laughs> so for my friend Ann Ohioan, no Yingling, it's Kevin Henry here in Northern Colorado signing off. And as always, go Rockies. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.